So. <laughs> Good start. He's <laughs> just already sweating a lot. You? Uh, it's implying you, but no, I'm pretty sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> you keep putting on to me like I'm really nervous, but I'm just excited. Good, good. Um, I love attention. <laughs> um, so, viewers, people tuning in, you may notice that uh, James Dowd <laughs> is not here. Mm. That is because James Dowd last episode passed off the torch mm-hmm. to me, your new host of Creative Working Title, Ryan Freeland. And with me today is... He doesn't know how to say my name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, Gabby Warkomsky. Gabby Warkomsky. I won't remember that you by the end of the You didn't say it right. I didn't. <laughs> Cut a syllable. Gotta save Cut time. This. Cut this. Cut it all. Before we begin, I think it's important to note that um, James never officially left the podcast. He tricked yeah. us into this podcast. Yeah. I got an invite, mysteriously, and I'm also convinced he's not going to show up. <laughs> yes. So... First, James messaged me being like, do you want to join me and Gabby on a podcast today? Yeah, sure. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Then I found out he never told you. Yeah. So I had to tell you. Yes. And then after that, he told me, oh, just you guys start without me. I have a meeting that's probably going to run late. Notice I saw him by the pool table literally two seconds ago. Yeah. And then finally, he also said... Oh, I'm not going to stay that late, though. Yeah. Which means James definitely (laughs) tricked us into a podcast. Yeah. So that he no longer has to host Creative Working Title. He's Um, probably like, they're going to talk anyways. Let's (laughs) make it useful. Yeah. It's been tough knowing that how we speak to each other is pure, utter nonsense. Mm -hmm. But this has to still be somehow under the umbrella of Creative Working Title. Yeah. So... I came with a few notes and lists. I came unprepared, (laughs) but prepared in the way that I knew I had to be unprepared. (laughs) Like, it makes sense. In my head, I was like, you're going to work this. You were avoiding all current articles coming out. Yeah. Just anything online. Just don't look at it. I don't even know what a podcast is. (laughs) (laughs) I am also illiterate, so... This is going very well. Yeah, I couldn't even read your questions. <laughs> Thank God this is audio. So I think a good story as well is, um, so me and James did the last episode. Mm-hmm. How did you listen to the last episode? <laughs> <laughs> um, spoiler alert, I don't have my license yet. Yet. <laughs> October, here I curm. <laughs> wow, already busting out a Kermit the Frog reference this early. Actually, before you... So I thought about secretly creating a bingo card <laughs> for you. And like, I just wish like, you had. I was going to do like, how long is it going to take for her to do a character? How mm-hmm. long was it going to take for her to um, do like a self-deprecating joke? Mm-hmm. And most importantly, I was most curious as to how long was it going to take before one of us brings up John Mulaney? Oh, Yeah. These are things that you should have made a bingo card of. <laughs> These are all things you should have done, and yeah. you're just talking about it. Yes. But that was actually the only things I could think of. Uh, and I, you need at least 20, well, 24 with one free space. Yeah. So I couldn't think of that because, note, I came up with this in the bathroom two minutes ago. Nice. <laughs> so, like okay. all of my best ideas. Yeah. So. How did I listen? How did you listen to the last episode? Yes. So. I don't have my license. James brings me to and from work mostly when he's free. Mm-hmm. And... He also leaves you at work without telling you. Oh, yeah. He'll do that. <laughs> well, no, he'll usually tell me. Sometimes he'll disappear for a meeting, and I just, like, wander around like a <laughs> wide-eyed doe. Like, did someone shoot my mom? <laughs> um, so he told me as a joke, but not really, <laughs> that we were going to listen to the podcast on the way home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we did. He's like, oh, I'm not kidding. You know, when I edit it, I'm just, like, cutting the sounds and whatever. Fair enough. I would listen to my own, as Mm -hmm. I will listen to this. Yes. The only issue was just any time I talked, (laughs) he'd turn (laughs) the volume up. (laughs) But I'd be like, oh, yeah, I really agree. And he'd be like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) and just start turning. Really wish he had kind of sung along to it, like a duet. Yeah. 
but <laughs> but I wish he did my parts. Yeah. In the car, so you have the full experience. Yeah, I wish we could have harmonized on it. <laughs> uh, Ryan is much higher. Much higher. <laughs> <laughs> And I obviously fit James's voice. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. Good. <laughs> Self-deprecating. Yes, Love it. Oh, bingo check. <laughs> you know, that would have been a great move if I told you about the bingo card, but then revealed that I actually did, in fact, create a bingo card. Mm. I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Prepare to stay disappointed, podcast listeners. <laughs> Wait, did you say viewers at the start of this podcast? Oh, God. Oh, God. It's all crumbling. It's all crumbling. Again, as I mentioned before, I've been trying to make sure this doesn't just devolve into us speaking for God knows how long. Yeah. I don't promise it's not going to. Yeah. But along the way, some of the things that have established this podcast is its discussion of creativity. Yes. I guess I first have to ask you the question that James always asks, and then I'm going to ask the questions about creativity that I want to ask. Nice. What is your take on creativity, and do you believe creativity is a innate skill or something you work and develop? Mm-hmm. You know, I've been thinking about this question since I actually listened to the podcast, mm -hmm. and I could tell you what exit I was by. <laughs> <laughs> what was... Uh, so, Nate, I think some people are really boring, <laughs> so I don't think... When I think creative, I'm like, oh, you're quirky, you're fun. When I think of people who aren't creative, you don't have a personality, which might be unfair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I think everyone can be creative in their own way, mm -hmm. but I think... I think it's like what you were saying, like, can work on it. Like, you can do yes. more exercises, but for some people it just comes easier. And mm -hmm. I think I'm, it's easier for me to think outside the box or my, like, first instinct is just usually a thought no one else has, mm -hmm. which isn't supposed to be like, I'm so <laughs> different. It's just like, oh, what you're saying, straight to the point. And I had, like, a weirder roundabout way of getting there. Mm -hmm. But, um... I don't really know how to describe creativity. I think it's just... <laughs> it's just the way you think about things and how you organize things in your brain mm -hmm. and then produce it out to the world. It's just okay. a, like a thinking process. Yeah. So I really... I guess I don't know who could be the judge of like who's creative and who's not either mm -hmm. because I think everything is different. I think you could be creative even in the way you organize a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you use red there, but I thought red meant bad. <laughs> Scarlet, Ooh. you're so creative. <laughs> uh, I actually used a maroon. Oh. <laughs> in my head, I was like, I bet it was from this column on Google Docs. So I just realized, to give your creativity context, who are you and what is your background? I'm <laughs> Gabby Warkomsky. Yeah, my background is in theater. That would explain why I'm here <laughs> mm -hmm. a little. I started doing theater in middle school with... <laughs> I don't know that I've ever told you this. So you had to pay... I went to Catholic school, and you had to pay to do theater. Mm -hmm. And... The theater you were doing was straight-up stolen movies that were just rewritten for a bunch of, like, 12-year-olds. So we okay. did The Parent Trap, and I played a janitor. Follow-up, do you remember a janitor in The Parent Trap? <laughs> <laughs> no, but in my defense, I don't remember much of The Parent Trap. Oh, great movie. No, it is a great movie. Yeah, there is no janitor in that. <laughs> <laughs> they literally they saw you and were, we have a role for you, we're writing it into the script. So that was my first part really well mm -hmm. my first part ever was when i played the virgin mary in preschool <laughs> uh yeah everyone laughs when i say that <laughs> in my defense it was the hair flip and snooty voice oh yeah it wasn't uh, you i was the virgin mary <laughs> heard of her <laughs> big deal um i like the idea of Every word you stress means something very different. I yeah. was the Virgin Mary. I was the Virgin Mary. And I was the Virgin Mary. Mary. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so my first big break was when I played, I believe her name was Mrs. Bean, and she was a gardener. I'm uh, sorry, janitor, 
Who knows? She wasn't real. <laughs> wait, wait. This is still the janitor. Yes. Okay. Um, and then I got smaller roles after that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we wrote this role for you. Um, we're going to take things back. <laughs> yeah. Then I think I did... Oh, God. I think I did Anastasia and then Heidi. Mm-hmm. Great. Stole all those movie scripts. Rewrote them for children. Mm-hmm. In high school, I did musicals mostly. And <laughs> always got ensemble. <laughs> Although I did get to play the fat lady in Wedding Singer. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Wow, great. And can, I, can I just say, what's more mortifying? Being cast, like, okay, so our cast lists were posted on the website, so <laughs> being publicly casted as the fat lady, or being pointed out and having the director tell everyone that you're not fat. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, uh, I wore two big pillows under, like, a really ugly dress. Okay. And then okay. I had my hit career as um, Grandma Josephine, which for some reason is James' favorite fun fact to share. <laughs> like, I've heard him in meetings go, fun fact, she was Grandma Josephine in Willy Wonka. Like, <laughs> he said that fun fact to me. Yeah. He said it more than once. And I was like, wow, why this one? Um, and then in college, I did acting. I got cast in a lot of leads. Um, I did stage managing. I did assistant stage managing professionally. I was a professional understudy. I did do one professional acting gig. I did directing, set building, anything mm-hmm. basically that you can do in the theater. I was taught, taught, and was good at it. <laughs> okay. Interesting. So obviously you're in a marketing agency right now. <laughs> yes. How do you feel like your background in theater is helping you out because I think it is interesting that a lot of if you're creative in the agency world you're probably a graphic designer mm-hmm. maybe video but theater I think one thing it's really helped me do is empath wow I cannot speak anymore empathize emphasized sh- no oh then I'm way off <laughs> no um empathy empathy yes okay it's really helped me with empathy Okay. I cannot speak anymore. That vocal warm-up did not help. Um, oh, cut it. Cut yeah. it off. All right. Cut this whole thing. No, I've actually learned to just, with clients, just kind of, clients and, like, coworkers, just seeing where they're coming from and trying to, like, take a step back if I'm, like, if I'm annoyed at something, honestly, or um, if someone's not getting me an answer that I really need and it's like, okay, well, they're really busy, too, and I just need to kind of keep continuing and you can't let it hold you back. Mm-hmm. Improvising has... Like, always comes in handy. Yes. Especially doing stage crew, stage managing, assistant stage managing, because actors, man, they are needy. Uh. Like, they'll break their costume, they'll sit in something, they'll wreck, like, the set, and it's like, uh. <laughs> okay, I have literally no time to think of an answer, but here's an answer. Mm-hmm. And I think that one comes in handy a lot. Yeah. Confidence especially, because mm-hmm. um, I really came in my interview with, like, full gusto. I was like, I'm going to get this job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here I am, baby. <laughs> yeah, those are the main ways I can really think of, but mm-hmm. just staying on your feet mm-hmm. and just being prepared for even what you don't know what to be prepared for. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, improv is mm-hmm. something I do, and improv is something... I am still writing a blog article about one of the days of improv that I wanted to focus on was this idea of empathy and understanding characters. Mm -hmm. And I think there is something about the quote-unquote art, whether it be improv, which I don't consider an art, and (laughs) theater, The um, the art of, is this idea that unlike graphic design or video a little bit of video, when you're on stage with someone in a moment, you have to develop the skills to be working with someone. Mm -hmm. And not just working with them, but also understanding what they're not saying, understanding what they are saying. Do you have a particular theater game that you think best exemplifies the act of... That's something that's built your ability to work with others creatively. 
Well, one exercise, and it's not like super fun or anything, but it really does help. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the cast will lay down and will close their eyes, and you have to count to 15 or 20. Mm-hmm. Only one person can count at a time. Mm-hmm. And you can't really go like multiple times in a row. Yes. And if, yes. Yeah. And if you talk at the same time, you have to start over. Mm-hmm. And that one is great because listening is so important in the theater. And it's so hard for me to do sometimes because mm-hmm. I just, I can really zone out easily. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot to be like, I have to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having to do that and also having to participate in it because you could easily just like let everyone else count and it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But being able to like find the place where you feel like you're on the same level as everyone and be like I know it's my turn Mm -hmm. and then once you finally get to the number it's like okay we really just worked as a team there and it's kind of crazy because it doesn't seem like it's that hard to do because you're just counting one at a time but Mm -hmm. you don't know who's gonna go you don't know when you're gonna go you don't know if you're gonna start at the same time as someone else and have to start over when you're at 14 Mm -hmm. and then other theater games just really helped us get excited for the show Mm-hmm. And we would do vocal warm-ups together. Of course. Yeah, have to. Would you guys have a ritual? Like, when you start experience yeah. show, whatever, I'm assuming, yes, you, of course, have your friends that you've been working with theater throughout for a while. But I assume there's also plenty of times when you start a production and you don't know anybody. Yeah. Is there, um, like, certain ways that actors and just the group, like, get together, build that rapport because they're going to be spending the next... God knows how long, very, very late into the night working on this thing. Yeah. It kind of depends on the group, because some people really don't care outside Mm -hmm. the room, which kind of sucks. Yeah. When I was a freshman, we used to have a big theater table where everyone would go eat at. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say lunch, but I was like, there were other meals. (laughs) Um, So we would kind of bond that way, but after my freshman year, there were kind of, it kind of got a little clicky. Mm. Um. And I was definitely in one of those cliques. (laughs) I made it my goal to become friends with the people. I make it my goal in life to become friends with the people who are clearly succeeding. Mm -hmm. Not in a way where I'm mooching off of them, but in a way where You surround yourself with people who can push you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Where I'm like, you are so good at what you're doing. You're so dedicated. I'm going to be on your level by mm-hmm. the time I get there. Mm-hmm. It's Which, really a shame you got put in the back corner with content. Yeah, I know. I've really... My <laughs> talents have depleted. <laughs> but other than that, it's just really... You have to be able to jump into the water and no one's going to invite you in if you don't do that. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't take the first step. And the thing about theater, and I've talked about this with you a little bit before, but it really is the actor's medium in the way of the actor gets the most freedom, whereas Mm -hmm. TV is more the writer and film is the director. Mm -hmm. In When you're directing a play or a musical, you don't tell the actors what to do. You want them to come with choices. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to have to tell you, you open the box and you jump back three feet and you scream in surprise. Like, Mm -hmm. you should be able to make those choices and have that freedom to play around, especially because it's different every night. And Mm -hmm. that is really what builds the bonds. A great scene or just everyone trying and no one holding back and no one being afraid that they're going to look stupid Mm because that will really bring down a show. Even something as small as not extending your arms out all the way and just cutting off a gesture, you don't realize how much impact something can have if you don't go full out, Mm -hmm. which I think translated into the rest of my life too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But truly just being able to like make your own choices and show the rest of the gang that you can play along too because it really stands Mm -hmm. out. You will notice it. Yeah. Interesting. And um, you're right. We have discussed that before. And it it builds off something that I have, not recently, but in the past probably year or two, I've really come to learn about film. Mm-hmm. My background with film is I really didn't start studying it and doing it, even though it's something I always wanted to do. I never really did it well until the very end of my grad school. I made this live-action film, um, and it was interesting because it was an experience where I was on every step of the creative process. It was kind of like a one-man thing. Mm-hmm. Started with doing storyboards. What you It was fun because I wrote the script in an English class setting, mm-hmm. so that had its own merits. And then you take that script 
and then you suddenly start to storyboard it. So you start putting it in the lens of a film. Mm-hmm. And then it's funny seeing how drastic that changes the script. And also finding out, uh, once I brought that script to a film professor, he was just like, you need to strip out all of this. There's mm-hmm. way too much junk and like narrative in here. That then tweaks the idea. And then you take that storyboard and bring it into an animatic. So basically you time it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, seeing how that changes it. And then you film it, and then eventually edit it. Yeah. It's crazy how something that works for you all the way through, and then you finally edit and you watch it, and it was just garbage. Like, it was so bad. Yeah. It was it was 15 minutes. Just terrible. <laughs> and um, so I showed it to my professors, and they were all like... It was funny. They went... So what are your thoughts? Yeah, they do and that. I was, and I was like, I think it's way too long and boring and it doesn't get anywhere. And they're like, that's great that you know that. Yeah. I went through and I cut out all this stuff and I've got it down to seven minutes. The tone was different and the story was different and it still wasn't good. Yeah. But it was better. It's really made me realize that you can have great film, you can have great writing, but really if you don't have a great editor to I think film it's the director's art but it's also like whoever's in the editing room they have so much power and so much control for sure I think that's just crazy and a weird thing I didn't know about until yeah one of the things we do for um, our clients is we're filming and I am always someone who is very structured and very like we have storyboards and these are the shots we have to get let's get A, B, C, D, E Mm -hmm. and then the rest of the content team is less so, though you are not, and I appreciate that. Thank you. It's very like, we have a setting, we have a day, get what you can. Yeah, and that's like, okay, and <laughs> all right, <laughs> what else? <laughs> I'm panicking. <laughs> and it's this weird balance of, I get these storyboards, and James sets up these empty canvas days with locations, mm-hmm. and then we just, on film day, it's like, yeah, we have storyboards, but, like, collect everything you can. Yeah. And then in the editing room, a lot of times, especially because we work in, like, 30-second, 15-second commercials, okay, so she's going to wake up in the morning, she's going to make breakfast, and then that breakfast is going to have the product in it, and then she's going to make some lunches. Yeah. Uh, You don't realize in a 30-second commercial, 30 seconds was basically, it was just that opening shot. Yeah. Kind of in the, regarding to editing... You can also get so much more out of it. Yeah. And it's so much like, it's amazing how much visual storytelling happens because of an editor. And then, but when you're in theater, yeah, that doesn't exist. Well, it's cool. It's nice, kind of like the same um, where the editor would take over for the director and create something that you didn't really think of. Because mm-hmm. actors do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite part of theater is that you're always discovering. Nothing should ever stay the same. When you... So we have a show, and that's when you learn curtain call, which usually happens about two days before open. Mm-hmm. It's also bad luck to do curtain call early. Um, <laughs> fun facts <laughs> of the theater. But I do remember there was one show I was in. It was called Fort and Brass. Mm-hmm. And it's, in a, it's a comedic extension of Hamlet. Okay. And so I played Ophelia. Ophelia was Hamlet's girlfriend. They break up, and she later commits suicide. Mm-hmm. So she comes back as a ghost Fortin Brass was my like new love interest and he was alive mm-hmm. and there is an I don't know if I could say this but I'm going to so sorry um <laughs> there is an implied sex scene and I remember getting out of the bed for like the yeah you can't say the word implied oh, okay sorry <laughs> um there was a sex scene <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I remember like getting out of the bed during the transition and the music was like, oh yeah. (laughs) And I was like, my aunt who I barely speak to is in the front row. Um, I jumped up on Fort and Brass, like wrapped my legs around him, kissed him. There's a photo of that. Mm -hmm. Love it. Um, and then I had to kiss Hamlet too. So I, um, was just kind of playing it, the part as like, oh, she's just... She's just, you know, going around town, doing her thing. She's a ghost. Literally mm-hmm. nothing matters. Um, and their relationship is just kind of, like, surface level. Like, it's nothing real. Um, and then, 
spoiler alert, Fortinbras dies, and as he's dying, he calls out Ophelia's name first. Mm-hmm. And so um, that actor was actually a really good friend of mine, and we were walking, he was walking me back to my dorm because it was at night, and we're talking about rehearsal, and it's the night before open, and I go, holy shit, you're in love with me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It was just such a, oh my god, if we had known this sooner, or realized this sooner, it would have, like made the show so much better um Mm -hmm. but you gotta do you gotta work with what you've got but it did completely change the show it's amazing how you can unlock new features of a show every time you do it Mm -hmm. and even for directors too because you have to you always have to find one word of like what your show is about like what is the core what is like Mm -hmm. the meaning and that changes for directors too just watching the actors there's also different language you have to use i think i've talked a little bit about this with you before um but you never want to say like i want you to do this or you need to do this it's always can we try or maybe if we oh yes you did yeah because if you have it just puts so much pressure on an actor for you to be like i need you to do this and then this and then this because they want they want to be good for you like they want you to have your vision and just being just putting so much pressure on them makes it it doesn't help possible yeah interesting yeah, one of the things I talked about before, this idea of, like, you write a script and you... And when I put it in front of a film person, they were like, you gotta strip all this out. Yeah. It really is... These performances are... They're a team. Every career I've had has been in a marketing, so I always kind of look in creative and marketing mm-hmm. uh, kind of in parallels. If you look around a lot about, uh, like, what a lot of, like, thought leaders and industry mm-hmm. and team building and all that... Uh, they always, there's that famous quote, something along the lines of, uh, you don't hire smart people to Uh tell them what to do. You hire smart people so they can tell you what to do. That is production. Yeah. Like, the writer wrote this script and is so bare-boned because it gives the actor the ability. You don't say, you don't say this scene is a montage. You don't say the camera cuts to show this or show that. Mm -hmm. You just write down the actions and you write down the story. Then a director comes in and a storyboard artist comes in and a DP comes in and they're like, this is what we can show to the audience visually. And then an actor comes in and they go, well, this is what I'm going to do on that camera. Yeah. And I think that was one of the big things of learning having worked on productions by myself and having worked on productions, particularly with the Zen B shoot that we uh, just did, when it kind of unlocked, you know, if you're the director, stop trying to direct everything. Everybody here is great at what they do. Mm -hmm. Let them do that. And if you're shitty at something, hand it off to somebody, get it off your plate because you're a team. Mm Mm-hmm. Whoa. Whoa, man, <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, knowledge. Yeah, you did great um, directing that Zenby shoot that was here. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. That was uh, that was after a not-as-good direction shoot at Tori's Kitchen House. Yeah, well, I wasn't around the cameras that much, so mm-hmm. I can't give you compliments or critiques. <laughs> but no, please I was... give me compliments. Uh, you're great. <laughs> uh, um, all right, thank you. But you know who was the best boy on set? Benson. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Um, Benson's a dog. <laughs> wow, well, one of my, my best friends, Zach. <laughs> um, Plugged. Hi, Zach. Plugged. Hey, Zach, how you doing? I hope he listens to the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta make it way deep into it, man. <laughs> he has... He's someone who one of his go-to jokes is, like, you bring, uh, invite him into some scenario, and he will, without telling anyone, research as much as possible to become an expert in that thing, mm-hmm. and then will come in and very nonchalantly just start, t- like, dropping terms and, oh, like, man. phrases, and, uh... I that terrible film I made in grad school, um, he uh, helped me out in the productions, and so like, he's to blame. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. It wasn't me. So like he basically came in and was just he started referring to himself as like uh, as like a key grip and a best boy and like. <laughs> 
uh, like referring to like so we wanted like a good mid shot or like extreme close up perhaps like a close mid up shot <laughs> our, like, and and it was just so funny. But, oh man, that yes. is dedication. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That is. I have to say, my number one, and we've discussed this before, but my number one straight line to my funny bone is committing to a joke mm-hmm. way more than you possibly have to. Yeah. One of the best examples of this, do you remember that song, Shia LaBeouf? Oh, yes. yes. I do know that song. Yes. So audience there's a song called Shia LaBeouf it's basically about the actor Shia LaBeouf and this idea that like he is secretly a insane axe wielding murderer yeah and the singer comes across this was it cannibal yes yes I'm trying to think of it but now I can only think of the Christian Bale one have you heard that one no is that a cover no it's the same guy who wrote it like who wrote the Shia oh, LaBeouf really? one yeah it's called Christian Bale is at your party. <laughs> oh, actual actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Yes, actual knew, cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Um, <laughs> uh, theater expert, uh, <laughs> meme culture expert. <laughs> so this whole song—it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. it's whatever. But it's the music brilliant. video is amazing yes. because it's it's a it is a theater performance. Yes, with choreography and it's an extended cut dance. Yeah, they have masks, mm-hmm. all these performances, and then it all goes down and it happens and the video ends and you're like, that was so ridiculous and mm-hmm. so absurd. And then the camera turns around yep. and the actor Shia LaBeouf is there and claps. Yes. That is so funny to me. I can't tell you my emotions when I saw that. Actually, <laughs> I literally don't think I can because I was just like, they got him. I knew that song. I liked that song for a few years before that video came out, uh, mm-hmm. Hipster. Uh, <laughs> not to be better than everyone wow. listening. Yeah, no, it is. It is. We yeah. It. Um, so you are not a conspiracy theorist, but you are a fan yes. of conspiracy theories. Yes. And I think, first I'd like to ask, What's your favorite conspiracy theory? Oh, I was hoping this one was coming. <laughs> <laughs> and because the name of the show is Creative Working Title, do you think conspiracy theories are creative? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Oh, 100%. Some of them are so insane that it's like, how? How? I just need to know because I'm right on board with you if you can just... <laughs> Tell me your thought process. Mm-hmm. Do you think they start with a theory and work their way backwards, or do you think it starts with logic, and then they're like, oh. I'm hoping... Well, here's the way... Have you ever made up a conspiracy theory? Like, no matter... It doesn't matter the topic. Like, No, just, I haven't. I like to do this. Um, where, Can we make one right now? Oh, yeah. Um, Fan- oh, my God. I'm excited. <laughs> um, We're about to start a movement right now. So you basically just have to think of anything um, okay we do have a conspiracy we have a conspiracy ryan it's a whole board of it oh my god you're yeah. right yeah well, but but that's something that there's a very blatant flaw okay so we'll, we'll just, yeah. let's just walk through this so there are th- so many things happening at once right now <laughs> so, <laughs> there's so many places we need to go as i think most people who enjoy comedy and writing and our creatives know the Big Bang Theory is awful. Yeah. And it has become a joke on the content team <laughs> that uh, they spread a rumor that <laughs> I am a avid fan of the Big Bang Theory and its spin-off hit show, Young Sheldon. And what a mighty rumor. <laughs> mighty rumor! To the point where, like, it's because it's one of those things that if you're... People who understand understand why that's an insult. Yeah. But if you don't understand, Which, you're just like, you just accept that. So and most no one else talked hear, about it. Yeah. That's the worst part. Yeah. Is most people The worst heard part that is that most went, people think it that serious. Yes, they go, most oh, yeah. people in this company now think I am a big bang theory <laughs> fan. And like I want you to know it upsets me. <laughs> But it'd be crazier to have to go around. No, you know what you should do? Yeah, like, go I can't around go individually and be like, just so you know. Just so you guys not know. Not a fan. Well, because the great part <laughs> was. that's going to make it crazier. Corey commented on the oh, post. Oh, he did? Defending me. 
<laughs> which means <laughs> which that, means he which can't means be your new work he best friend. Genuinely believes that I am a fan of the Big Bang Theory, and felt the need to defend me. Yeah, at least that's how I interpreted it. So, so that so, so the conspiracy we have, if I might go on, yes, go. Um, I'm the only person I believe on team content with access to the printer. So what? The- <laughs> that is not the conspiracy. That is a genuine fact yeah, that, that none true. of us under can follow the word doc. Yes. I've tried. Have I've you? tried. <laughs> Literally three times I've tried. Okay, but it just doesn't work. I'll I blame you. the word doc. Yeah. Well, I didn't set it up. I printed out a picture of the Big Bang Theory... Movie poster. I think it's like season eight. Yeah. Movie for a season. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I printed that out and I taped it into this little corner of the office we have called Content HQ. Yes, Content HQ. Later that day, I was like, I'll just print one of young Sheldon, too. It'll make it pretty funny. (laughs) And then we taped them up together and started making a really dumb conspiracy theory of how did they film young Sheldon after Big Bang Theory and thinking that actor Jim Parsons was the actual child. (laughs) And so then I had to do my research and find pictures of... Had to. Had to. Had to. to. We're on the clock. You know what? You got... When you're getting paid, you're getting paid and you gotta do your work. Gotta get the job done. So I found photos of Jim Parsons as a child, Mm -hmm. printed those out on the same same sheet to save paper, Mm -hmm. um, and then we taped those up next to the other pictures and started circling hairlines, facial features. Well, the thing is... How they do Jim it. Parson. <laughs> See, here's the thing, though. It's like, I'm just, the more just I'm thinking about it. it, the more I'm just like, like you know, maybe we're on to something. Oh, no, but the are. whole, it's also funny because it almost looks as if the actor child is a combination of these several different child photos you've, you have. You yeah. didn't take them. No, um, of, of Jim <laughs> Parsons. Just my little like, stash. <laughs> in like one photo, it's like Jim Parsons like has the hairline of the kid, and in another one, like his face looks pretty close. Yeah. So like, yeah. So the whole thing is, we have this conspiracy board, and we have the movie poster, Young Sheldon, and then next to it, in big thick black letters, we have, Thanks. "Are you?" Question <laughs> yeah. mark. Question mark. We need string. <laughs> yeah, uh, we do. That's really we what's missing. String. And it has to be red. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And some, uh, yeah, we need a conspiracy board. Yeah. That'd be actually kind of fun. Is yeah. to, like, every, let's build conspiracy boards. Yeah. And then leave them around somewhere and then that's, build another one. We could do that, maybe, <laughs> around district. Yeah. District uh, conspiracies. Yeah. Mm, I'm down. Hashtag. So, yeah, I have been a part of a few conspiracies like that. Yes. It's just so fun to do because you just have to find two things that almost have something in common. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, well, what crazy things can I make up from there? Okay. So my favorite, and I decided while we were recording. (laughs) Yes. So now I'm going to have to stick by this answer forever. But it goes back to the parent trap. (laughs) <laughs> I know this one. Yes, I told you. Okay, <laughs> but okay. I'm telling you again. Um, for the listeners um, <laughs> who don't know, the movie... Who aren't keeping up. <laughs> I'm talking about the Parent Trap movie with Lindsay Lohan and her twin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So, the conspiracy goes that they did not have the technology in the 90s for this movie. Sorry, I got distracted because Ryan decided he can go on his phone now because no. he knows the story. <laughs> Conspiracy theory. Ryan hasn't been listening this entire time. I am playing bingo. I knew it. <laughs> you said there were only three. You can only play bin. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Actually, I'm um, playing... I can't... Nah. All right. All right, cut this one, James. Yeah. Cut this one. This joke <laughs> fell. So the conspiracy theory is that they did not have the technology in the 90s to have one person playing both set of twins. Yes. So before the movie came out, there was a car accident in which Lindsay Lohan's twin sister died. But because everything was already set with the movie and they wanted to release it anyways, Disney mm-hmm. and her parents decided to cover up the murder. Mm-hmm. Or the car the, the death. The death of the twin. Yes. Um the death of the twin. <laughs> uh, thank you. 
This is how my brain oh, works. Oh, someone's <laughs> vocals are warmed up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is not actually how I sing. Just clarifying for any record producers out there listening. You never know who's scouting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. There's I'll, scouters everywhere. Always be on. <laughs> Um, always scouting. <laughs> always scat. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been on the bingo card. We scat all the time. Is How so- is that not on the bingo card? And unfortunately, that is so true. You know what's a shame? Is by the end of this podcast, we might be able to make a bingo card. We should. Mm. Um, let's just do more podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can we stop scatting? Because I don't want to actually scat on a podcast. Oh man, you're right. We gotta take it to the streets. Wait, why scat in podcasts when we can scat in the real world? Someone's like, isn't scatting what you do in the bathroom? (laughs) Yes. I just scat my pants. <laughs> this is a children's show. Oh, you believe so. This is Okay, wait. And the new intro for this show? You are scared. Yes. James. 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 James, make it happen, James. Please. I'm definitely going to have to edit this. There's yeah. no way he's going to listen to this. He's not showing up. He's not showing up. It's 24. We're. Yeah. It's 24. It's midnight. It's the show 24. Uh, I don't get it. Anyway. I know of the show. Haven't watched it. I know it. Of, of 24. But I it's haven't not the seen art it. of theater. Um, theater. AR. Uh, yeah, so... So, Lindsay Lohan was not murdered. Her, her twin, twin was, sister was killed. died in a car accident. Yes, and the parents in Disney covered it up, which is why she got addicted to drugs. Yes, okay. Uh, yeah. So that is your favorite conspiracy theory? I think so, because I low-key believe it. Low-key believe it? Mm-hmm. What do you think... What's the most convincing point for you? I... This goes back to magic tricks and, like illusions in general i don't like things that i can't understand and i can't not in like (laughs) like what i said magic tricks and stuff if i can't figure out how it's done it really bothers me Mm -hmm. and i just don't get how they had the technology in the 90s okay so it's very easy actually i know because i can see the green screen yeah i can see it (laughs) it's just like for so long i didn't get it and like now i understand okay so i'm not letting go i got it can we make one uh, yes. Do you okay. want me to come up with one for you? That yes. You Give me okay. a conspiracy theory, and I will prove it. Okay. Um, there are going to be conspiracy that they are going to wipe out all original plays and only do movie musicals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually been happening for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, around the turn of... Well, not the turn of... Turn of the mid-century, yeah. a.k.a. the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when you really started seeing such hits as, you know, Little Shop of Horrors. Um, no, trust me, she's shaking <laughs> her head no, but me, who has vastly yeah. less knowledge, but a little bit of knowledge, knows no. more. Um, all right, hold on. Let me restart. Let okay. me restart. So, conspiracy theory is they are going to be wiping out all original plays and replacing them or just only producing only producing only producing from here on until the end of time Mm -hmm. there will never be another original show again Mm -hmm. well it all ties back to the digital revolution Mm -hmm. once we start going digital things have a way larger time span that is true you can store it you Mm -hmm. can replicate it whatever so really it's just a fact that at some point Known history is going to start with digital. Eventually, all paper, all physical copies are going to be lost in time. Mm-hmm. So, big Hollywood sees this as an opportunity. If we're going to start with digital, that means we're already going to be starting with video. Mm-hmm. So, who cares about any art that comes before that? That is true. Yeah. So, 
their thought process. If we start marketing these, start creating movie musicals, it'll look like they're original. Mm. Get all those copyrights going. That's showbiz, baby. You did it. So, fun fact about Little Shop of Horrors. (laughs) (laughs) Transition. Um, Transition. (laughs) I do hate that we both have a weird amount of theater knowledge. You're a little... You have a good amount of theater knowledge. I have too much of a theater knowledge for who I am. Yes. I can see that. I have a lot. I have a lot. Because mm I, like, really listen to a lot of musicals growing mm-hmm. up. Yes. Um, loser. Um, and I know that one. <laughs> it's, it's in the works. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm writing it now. Yeah. Um, I remember everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if something's catchy, it will never leave my brain. Yeah. There have been multiple times during this podcast where I had to stop myself from making a reference, specifically because I knew you didn't know the musical. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, you're welcome. So, fun fact about Little Shop of Horrors is where I was going back with this. Yes, yes. So, was not always a musical. Um, Did not know that. It was originally a film, so you were kind of right, because I do believe it came out closer to the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was filmed, I think, and I could be wrong, but let's just pretend no one will fact check. I believe it was written and filmed in the same day. Like, it was a very, it was very much of a time crunch. Mm-hmm. Um one might say. And yes. so the first movie sucks. And so it was kind of like a cult classic, which is why the musical came to be. Interesting. Yes. One of the things I think is interesting about both of us being on this podcast, and a big difference is James was someone who has years of industry experience, mm-hmm. whereas I'm I do not. <laughs> I am just starting. But I came from teaching, so a lot of the times I would try and instill any lessons that I had learned working through clients to my students. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, now that you've kind of been in the marketing world for a little under a year, mm-hmm. from a theater background, so the people you know, the students you would have known are in theater, what's some advice now that you have been working for about a year? I would tell them, um, truly... I wouldn't say quit theater or anything, because I think doing theater set the foundation for who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing any of the things that I've been confident enough to even try now without being in the theater, but I would say to do more than theater, to join other clubs, to just basically get involved as much as you can, because that being able to time manage before I had to time manage really saved my life, because mm-hmm. I was doing... um. I was dancing in one show. I was directing a show and stage managing that show. I was also acting in a main stage show. I was also president of my sorority, secretary of student senate. I was treasurer of the student-run theater organization. I Just was a big old nerd. Yeah, I was editor-in-chief <laughs> for the Odyssey branch wow. on our campus. And I think I had something else, but I always forget it. And then eventually I started doing social media. And I also started staying the summers. I wouldn't go home. Mm -hmm. And so I'd be working in the theater in the summer with the professional theater company. And I would be working and helping with, you know, (laughs) the campus Mm -hmm. in any way I could. So my true advice would be, like, get involved as much as you can and learn everything that you can. Every single skill that you think you wouldn't need. Every single thing that, oh, I don't have to do that because it's not part of my major. Oh, I don't have Mm -hmm. to do that because I just don't have the time. Even just being able to try something out gives you experience. Mm -hmm. Because I was running social accounts before I got here. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever mentioned so far that I've done, that I do social media here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, Uh, you do. So Very well. Thank you. Very well. Which is something I was not that great at in college. Mm -hmm. It was something that I kind of dropped the ball on a lot, and so I was nervous I was going to end up doing that here. But you know what? Drop those balls. <laughs> like, do whatever you have to. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I just realized that that could be bad. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, Might keep that one in there. <laughs> do it. Um, but, yeah, I would say don't be afraid to go after what you want to 
go after. Being in theater is great. And if you want to continue it outside of college, that is great. I chose not to after I did my professional stuff in the summer because that was the company I worked with before. I chose not to for my own reasons. I didn't really feel like it was right for me mm-hmm. anymore. And I had a, I have a lot of loans. And when you're so stressed out about that, you tend to focus on how to pay them off instead of like, I can still go out and like act and stuff when realistically, and even before we graduated, our professors would tell us it is hard to be in the theater and you will have to have a day job at the same time if mm-hmm. you're going to try to run your own company or have rehearsals at night. It's just not really realistic to be able to support yourself unless you get lucky. Mm-hmm. And so I think I would just give them the advice, don't stop what you're doing, but don't only do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If I may also answer that question. Please. When I started here at DS, I worked under two wonderful managers. Um, well, three people I truly worked under, uh, and all of them are fantastic. Um, so Pete... James and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. All of them are incredibly supportive, incredibly great at pushing me. They genuinely believe in me and my skills. Now I have to be that same role to Carly. Yeah. Uh, I had a meeting with her today and just to kind of talk about what else does she need. And luckily she's very happy. I want to make sure she's getting the same opportunities that I now feel I have because of my management. So my advice to anyone, and this doesn't even, you don't even have to just be starting your career. When you're looking for a job, find the good leaders. Oh yeah. And the people who will manage you and people who will support you and people who will make sure you're getting recognition because that will jumpstart yeah. so much and get you so many more opportunities to then prove yourself that you can do even more stuff. That would be my advice. Yeah. I think another big thing for both of us that we did was to say yes to, and not just to every opportunity, because you don't want to like wear yourself out. I think mm-hmm. it's important to know when to say no. You got to know when to draw the line. You need to be able to prove yourself. So I would say in the beginning, always say yes. Yeah. In some instances, things go on longer <laughs> yes. than thought. Don't overexert yourself too much when you still have the freedom of being an intern, I think, mm-hmm. is where I'm going with this. Yeah. Um, but definitely surround yourself by the hardest workers. Because mm-hmm. even if they're not warmed up to you at first, once you start proving yourself, they will start to like you and they'll start to rely on you. And once you have their trust, then you have everyone's trust because mm-hmm. everyone's going to know you're capable if the most capable person in the room trusts you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Gabby... Warakomsky, thank you for being the first official guest of the brand new chapter of Creative Working Title. It has been a blast. I hope you had fun. I did. Perfect. (laughs) So, audience members, hopefully you didn't hate not having James too much, and I will get back to you later. Yeah, you didn't know I could do that voice. Scene. Boo.